you want that to hurt. You want that to be this for shame moment because, you know, because it reflects you as a person <laughs> to say, I told you I was going to do this. And then when you don't, you realize I can't, I can't blame anybody. Like it's, it's all on me. Today on the Process Mindset Podcast, we chat with Felix Slater about his new video series, Process, and his joy of all things process. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Adil Constantine, and this is the Process Mindset Podcast, and I'm here with my co-host, Genki Hagata. And today we have an amazing guest. He is a super talented videographer, cinematographer, an amazing storyteller. Uh, when I first saw his YouTube channel, I was amazed by the um, high production um, value that he brings with his videos. And uh, without further ado, let's just welcome Felix Slater. Hey. Hey. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Well, what's going on, man? How you doing? I am great after an intro like that. There's more of that in my life, and I'm I'm good to go. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna like have this recorded, and I'll just send it to you. That way, you can listen to it every day. I'm just gonna send it to my ringtone. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's great for the ego. <laughs> there you go. Whenever you're feeling down, you're in a rut. You just listen to that. <laughs> so let let's just get into it. So Adil gave you a great intro to some of the stuff that Felix has done on YouTube, but Felix does so much more than YouTube. He's got a podcast, and he's done like professional video work too so uh, let's dive into that a little bit um, Felix tell us how how did you get to where you are now on YouTube and podcasting and um, what do you do for a living so for a living I am currently a video editor and uh, specialize in marketing on social media uh, which is a fun way to say I get paid to play with cameras and uh, goof around on the internet, which <laughs> is a dream job. Um, but it wasn't always that way. I uh, started out as a fake graphic designer, meaning that I lied to my <laughs> clients and told them that I was a graphic designer. And I had read that in a magazine somewhere and I thought, I want to do that someday. <laughs> so I literally faked it until I maked it. And uh and then clients asked if I, this was like in the early 2000s, they asked if I knew how to make web pages. And so I dug into my bag of lies yet again and told them that I knew how to make web pages and then learned how to make web pages. And then they asked if I knew how to do photography. Um, basically, I just lied a whole bunch and then figured out how to do it until I knew how to do it. And now I'm here. Uh doing video and social media work <laughs> when initially I had no idea how to do any of that either. But we're just in a time where you can figure out pretty much anything you want to learn. I think that's that's interesting. Wow. And it it kind of reflects my career path a little bit um, where you kind of throw yourself into the job. And when clients ask you to do something, you say yes, and then you go learn how to do it. Um, but you you have the talent to back up those those lies as you called it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought when you said that you you were uh, a fake graphic designer, I thought you were one of those who will say that you're a graphic designer, but then you'll go and hire somebody to do the graphic work. <laughs> it, it definitely crossed my my mind during those times when I realized like I uh, I have no idea how to do any of this, and I need to deliver it in three weeks or six weeks or whatever the time frame was. Um, but I remember I read something somewhere at some point where it said that uh, 
uh, good work starts with good taste. And so I guess I have good taste. I don't know. I, there, I, I know I like a lot of things and I just always try and replicate the things that I like and people seem to keep wanting to pay for it. So yeah, I'll just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep going. Yeah, you with absolutely that. have good taste and that shows through all of your work, like all the different mediums. And again, you, you have the talent to back it up. So that helps a lot with getting to where you want to be as taste wise. Yeah, you're like that. a you're like a sponge, man. Like you just <laughs> <laughs> you're like a, a dry sponge that just you can throw yourself in any kind of bodies of water and you just adapt. <clears throat> My wife calls and, it obsessive. I like sponge better. That's that's a better analogy <laughs> rather than just being obsessive. <laughs> So one yeah. of uh, uh, one so. of the, our like mutual inspirations, Feng Zhu. Um, I've heard him talk about this mm. before. When when new designers or artists are getting started, they have to put in maybe eighty hours to equal forty hours of someone who's more um, experienced. Right? Was that kind of the case mm-hmm. with you when you were throwing yourself into these situations where you found yourself working double time to meet what you had promised the clients? I think so. I think when you first start out, there's a there's a very large skill gap between uh, w- what what it is you like and the stuff that you're churning out. And even today, this, the the artists and, and filmmakers and things like that um, who I look up to, they still see that gap. And I don't know that that gap ever goes away. It's rare that I will look at a piece and say, "Yep, I, I've arrived. I guess it's time to move on to." accounting <laughs> time to time to go to law school <laughs> um, but I think at the beginning yeah you you have to you have to double triple the amount of effort you're putting in and if you're I think if you're aware enough of where you're at and you're honest enough with yourself you realize that you just have to put out crap work for a really long time <laughs> and it took me a long time to realize that. Uh, unfortunately I lied to myself as well, thinking that the early stuff I was putting out was good. <laughs> I, I think we all kind of experience that, right? Like whatever the medium <laughs> is, you're, you may be proud of it in the moment or at least happy with it. And then you go back and look at it one, five, 10 years later and you're like, God, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah that was real bad. <laughs> yeah. That's the case with a lot of videos that I put out. <clears throat> I remember back in the day and I'm like, Oh, super proud of it. You know, it looks amazing. Look at that intro, you know, look at those transitions. But then like now I look at them, like, oh my gosh, I just want to like delete them off my channel. <laughs> but then again, they're bringing good traffic. So I guess, you know, whatever, I'll keep them on there. That's not the case with my graphic design portfolio from 10 years ago. Ooh. It's it's so sad. <laughs> oh, I have to remember to ask you to send that to me. I don't know I if it exists it. anymore. <laughs> it's out and there I guess somewhere. It, it, it really depends on on the person because, like, I know a lot. Some people, um, like you, Felix, probably you'll do so much better when you're under pressure than when you don't. <laughs> so by throwing <laughs> yourself in and promising your clients, you know, that you're gonna deliver, um, and putting yourself in this tight, you know timelines you just you know like you have to like you got no other choice so you put in the time you put in the 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 hours on learning and then implementing that later and delivering something that's you know that the clients likes 
Like, yeah, I, don't I mean, know. I, and I've noticed that but... even with with the with the vloggers challenge. I mean, that because that's something that we both did together, and I was like. I wanted to give up halfway through, but I'm like, look at Felix. <laughs> but then again, Genki used to tell me, do not compare yourself. <laughs> You're so used wise. to tell you, though. No, please, do, I know. Do not compare. I mean, that's I mean, that's a good rule of thumb to live by, anyway. Just don't compare Absolutely. yourself. That's a no. It's a true. good it's way true. to poison your your ego and 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 downplay your abilities. Um, right. Yeah, I, I think deadlines are important, whether they're from a client or they're uh, you serve them up yourself. Um, I've always been the kind of person to work in projects for myself, which I think I can attribute a lot of my skill sets to. Uh, even early on when I was teaching myself how to design, I would just imagine that I was my own client and just pretend like I was designing for myself and I would have to put a deadline on it. It's all kind of psychotic now that I'm thinking about it, but it worked. It makes sense. <laughs> Telling myself that I had I had a couple of weeks to do a logo for my own business card rather than I mean so branding for yourself is the worst. It's the hardest thing to Absolutely. do. It is. And it's because yeah. it's always just a like a fluid transient thing that you'll eventually quote unquote get around to and you never do. But by putting those hard deadlines on it saying I've got to get this to print in a week and a half, then you can kind of look at it outside of yourself a little bit. Uh, and so, yeah, I agree that that's, <laughs> you, you have to put deadlines on yourself to make yourself work a little better right. and a little harder. Yeah, it's those little tricks that you have to do on your brain. Um, even outside to get you like, even outside from like the self-motivation side of things, there's the idea that constraints help you become more creative right like that could be a whole episode Mm -hmm. in itself but having some sort of constraint whether it's time like we're talking about or the size of a business card or the length of a video like once you have some constraint it's much easier to start putting ideas down and into that process instead of you know trying to just be blue sky about everything yeah yeah because you don't you're not giving yourself the time to question yourself or to question your decision you're just rolling with it. You're going with it. There's nothing. There's nothing worse than uh, going into a client meeting, and then the client saying, "Yeah, you know, just do whatever you want. We trust you." To which I say, <laughs> "You shouldn't. You shouldn't trust me. What do you yeah. want? Please tell me. Give me as many exactly. stipulations as you can, because what I'm going to give you when you tell me to do whatever I want, I guarantee you, you're not going to. You're not going to like it." <laughs> I'm going to like it. You're not. You are absolutely yeah. not going to like it. So yeah, the limitations thing is is true. I swear it's like you're going through my Google Doc for my ideas for my episodes <laughs> and you're just like you're just checking them off. Make sure you're not. <laughs> well, that's that's a perfect segue into your episodes of your series which is called Process, which is part of the reason why we wanted to have you on as a first guest for our new Process Mindset podcast. Um so Let's let's dive a little bit into what that series is for you. Uh, and before we get to that, like, what does process mean to you and, and how did this idea start? So to me, process is everything that happens before the start line. So like uh, my wife is a runner. She, she, she tries to classify me as a runner, which I fight against all the time um, <laughs> because I... <laughs> 
like like most writers, I love to have written, uh, just like I love to have run. I hate running. I hate thinking about running. I hate the word run. It's just too few letters. But everything that you have to do leading up to the start line of a race uh, is the process of becoming a runner. And the same goes with creativity and creating videos or a painting or any of that stuff. You're in the, in the process of acquiring those skill sets, sharpening them, questioning them, doubting them, rebuilding them. Like all of that stuff to me is so much more fascinating than the outcome. And the series came about because I, well, the new year was rolling around and I, uh, I needed, I needed something to get my butt in gear. I needed to do something. Um, that's funny. My phone thought I said her name. Nope. That's not you, Siri. Um, <laughs> so the, the new year, the new year roll was rolling around. It was the end of 2018 and I knew that I needed to do something because again, going back to the whole transient idea, if, if I didn't focus on a goal, I knew that I, I wouldn't do anything. I knew that it would just become this thing where I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll do it eventually. So in racking my brain, trying to figure out what it was I could do. You know, I thought I can't do photography and video tutorials because everybody's doing that. And there's so many people who are doing it so much better than me. Um, I can't do a whole lot of sketch comedy because that requires more of a crew and it's usually just me. Um, but then I realized that the thing that I enjoy is that struggle and that wrestle of what am I going to come up with okay, I came up with an idea. Why do I like that idea so much? And then I do the research on other people who have done it. And then I dive into their mindset and realized it was everything that came before the start line that I, that I enjoy. And I do it all the time with movies, with directors, with musicians, with painters, with comic book artists. When I find something or someone that I, that I, that I enjoy their work, I have to know everything that goes on in their head. And uh, I figured there's probably someone out there who enjoys that too. So I, yeah. that's, that's kind of what I went for. That's awesome, dude. Um, I have to say so that I want to clarify a little bit um, the before the start line part, right? So how does that mm -hmm. differ from, say, doing a painting where the process of doing the painting could be from the first brushstroke to the last one? And that's an, that's an awesome question because the start line is so different and it moves all the time. So in the in the example of a painting, the start line could initially be brush to paint, paint to canvas. But then as you're painting it, you're making so many decisions along the way that the start line may be at the end of the painting because that's when you start pitching it to galleries or that's when you post it online to try and sell it and that's the start line. Uh, or once one person buys it, then you have prints, that's the new start line. It, it's, never, it's never a solidified thing for, for each project that you create. It's always different and what worked last time for yourself that you, if you try and implement it again the next go around even if it's a couple hours later it's never the same it's never the same process and I love that because 
you're you're always in a different headspace. The environment is always different. The materials you're using are different. It's never the same carbon copy. And uh, all of that to me is this weird process-driven start line that I'm just obsessed with. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. That was a, a, actually a good a good question and a good answer. Um, so taking that, you know, a little bit a step further down to another start line, which is your episodes. So <clears throat> with every episode that you start, there's a, obviously a start line there. Um, how do you go about prepping for the episode? And then how do you like you know, design it, put it together, shoot it. If you can just walk us through that process. Sure. That would be amazing. Um, well, there's always a, a, a large element of self-doubt <laughs> and imposter, <laughs> imposter syndrome um, of just, you know, you post one video and it gets some sort of a response, which I try not to look into too much or write off too much. There's a weird balance that you kind of have to strike yep. between the work you create and the audience that consumes it. Uh, because we need the audience. <laughs> we, can't, we can't do it without the audience. As much as we want to lie to ourselves and say we don't need them, we yeah. need them as much as they need us. And uh, so it, st- it always starts there. And it's, it's almost, while it's, it's a relief to post something it's almost kind of this weird hollow feeling because it's like I liken it to just stacking stacking blocks so you block you're stacking these blocks trying to figure out the best way to get them to balance sometimes they start to tip so you nudge them so they balance and then you've got this nice tower that reaches a certain height and then it's good it's finally where it needs to be and then your four-year-old kicks it down (laughs) <laughs> and then you have to you start again. You have to start again because you've told everybody that you're going to start again. <laughs> so then you start again. <laughs> and so the beginning for me is always like that and you just have to you just have to go. You just have to wake up and open up your laptop or your computer or your notebook and just start jotting down the ideas. So that's generally where it starts. And the, the nice thing and the secret is that once you actually get started and you get over that initial hump of, wow, everything I create is garbage. Everything that I come up with is a bad idea. Oh, everyone's already done that. This is super derivative. Once you actually start, it's one of those things that just kind of turns, it turns a switch in your head and you realize, okay, this isn't terrible. This isn't the worst thing. It's bad, but it's not the worst thing. Uh, so you start slogging through it and then you push everything through the filter of you because no one else has that filter. And uh, what comes out on the other end is the next step to the the problem, the next piece of the puzzle. And then you have a very loose script. <laughs> and then you refine the script from rough draft to first draft and then first draft to storyboard and then storyboard uh, to pre-production. And then you're um, figuring out how you're going to get certain shots and what time of day. And then it rains and then you have to change everything. And then, um, then it's Thursday night and then you edit until 3am and then you upload by Friday at 8am and then it's a relief. And then your four-year-old kicks the tower over again. (laughs) What a process. So 
It is. And I hate it and I love it and I need it and I don't want it. But it's just I know that I know the latter. I know the the flip of someday I'll upload a video and then two months goes by. Absolutely. Six months go by. A year yeah. goes by and you realize I haven't made anything. I haven't put myself through the ringer to make something. I haven't put myself through the painstaking process of creating something that I can look at and say, on to the next thing. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, daily was just that on turbo. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So really what motivates you? Like what gets you going? Because like you said, you know, you you say like, oh, I'm going to make a video about this, but by not giving yourself a deadline um, or just pushing yourself, like what, what gets you to just do it <laughs> because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've been in a situation where you started with, you know, with the episode, you wrote the draft and, you know, um, and you go about, let's say, uh, doing the storyboard, but then he kind of gets stuck, let's say on, uh, on the, um, on certain shots or whatever it is in the middle of the process. Like, how do you motivate yourself to kind of, keep pushing through to finish it is that the foggy uh, the middle? first <laughs> that is the foggy i guess middle. yeah the foggy middle or even you know because according to what you said once you start like it kind of just start rolling so you did the first episode you did the second episode you're getting some good feedback from audience which is good and that kind of i guess that's one of the motivators um uh but then like once you get to that foggy middle or just like how do you get yourself through that? Accountability, honestly. It's it's the biggest thing. Like I told I told everyone. I remember the the day I uploaded the trailer to my YouTube page and then I posted it on Twitter. Granted it got like 10 likes or 12 likes and one comment or something like that and then the trailer itself got I don't know, 50 views or something crazy like that. (laughs) But honestly, if it had gotten one view or one thumbs up, to me, that's enough to say one person is watching, one person is paying attention enough to say, I'm in, when's the episode coming? So the accountability factor is huge for me because I know every time I've tried to start something with any sort of longevity to it and I've tried to do it under the radar, Within a week or two, it's it's pushed under the rug. I, I don't do it because I don't have, I have an out. I create an exit for myself. But by telling people, hey, I'm going to have this episode out on Fridays no later than 8 a.m., I don't want to make a liar of myself. Now, if I want to lie to people on the back end to earn their business, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but, but there's something to be said about the consistent schedule once you've told people, hey, I'm doing this weekly, I'm doing this biweekly, I'm doing this daily, whatever it is, when it t- when that one person comes along and says, hey, where's where's the episode today? <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> dang, the, <laughs> they called me out. Uh, I, I don't ever want to get to that point. Uh, and I don't know if it's an ego thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I know that it works. It works for me. I know that if I tell people I'm going to do this thing and they're expecting it, to me, that's enough of a motivation 
and enough of a fire under my butt to say, all right, well, I, I got to do it. And whether it's good or whether it's garbage, it's coming out on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can definitely relate. And I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier about having a time constraint, even for your own projects. Like the, the time is accountability and the public accountability is even stronger as a motivator because, you know, if, if it's just a time thing that you created for yourself, like you said, there's still an exit strategy where no one saw it and you can kind of let it sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have you have to have some level of that, whether it's the public Internet or if it's a spouse or a, a sibling or a family member, something where someone can come along and say, hey, didn't you say you were kind of and it ha- I mean, you you want that to hurt. You want that to be this for shame moment because, you know, because it reflects you as a person <laughs> to say, I told you I was going to do this. And then when you don't, you realize I can't I can't blame anybody like it's it's all on me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you did daily for a year, man. That's I did it for 31 <laughs> days. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I just not to stick on daily stuff for a long time, but it has that same effect where you know you have to get something out every day and you're kind of accountable to that schedule. And and for me, I just really enjoyed the process of making those videos, which, you know, surprise, if you don't love the process of things that you're doing, you're probably not going to do it every single day for a year. Hmm. Um, but I do want to yeah, ask you have to both of you, since you both did vlogist right th- daily every day and you kind mm-hmm. of had that that process of doing it every single day, but also the process of trying to do a challenge for a month. And this applies to other challenges for months or for a year. But when you reach the end and you no longer have that structure of process and you're no longer in the process of doing the goal that you set, set yourself to do, like, do you have that feeling of what's next or the, like you mentioned it before Felix of not putting out a video for two months and, and feeling unproductive? Like what's that feeling like? Is that, is it motivating or is it demotivating? <laughs> Both. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let a deal go first. <laughs> oh man. Um, trust me, like till now, because to me, I, so I did the, the vloggist, um, you know, doing daily videos for 31 days in August. And after that, you know, my production uh, of videos did slow down just, you know, uh, but it was more of a, a weekly, it went to a weekly thing. And then it's like New Year's came and then I'd like, now I've been off for like two months. Um, and there's, you know, like stuff in my in my personal life that's just consuming more of my time now. But trust me, like I hate every single day just because I can't find a good rhythm (laughs) to fit in. That sound bite. Trust me, I hate every single day. Yes. I mean, you know, like to me, I'm like right now my job is very demanding and I'm not going to lie. I'm actually enjoying my day job. Like I'm having a lot of fun in there and even though it's more responsibility and I'm putting in more time but I feel like I'm making a difference and that's satisfying to me um but then still at the same time I feel like it's eating out of my um life outside of you know um day job and family and the stuff that I enjoy doing on my free time 
um, which is making videos, making music and all that stuff. So to me, like right now, as crazy as it was vloggist to me and as much as I hated it, I actually miss it because I do miss having that deadline. To me, deadlines are very motivating. Like if I put that when I have a deadline, I'm putting pressure on myself, which means I'm going to end up doing it. Mm. And so as much as I hated it back then, I actually miss it. And see but what's crazy to like think about. As, Sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I'm just saying like I feel like as soon as I put out that first video video this year, it's going to help me to, you know, keep going at it. But the more I push that first video, the longer I'll go without publishing a video. Right. It comes what, to that, you know, accountability you're talking about. Yeah, and that, and that's basically what I was going to say is it's crazy how much weight we put on vloggist, which for those of you who are listening and are wondering, what is this word they keep saying? It's this, <laughs> it's this gross word where you mash vlog and August together. We're, we don't like it either. If you're listening <laughs> yeah. and you're like, I don't like it's that gross. word. We don't like it either. It's disgusting. Yep. It's disgusting to say. It's gross to write. It's just not pleasant. Uh, I don't know why we didn't do vlogtober because that's way more pleasant <laughs> than vloggist. Yeah. I mean, I did. <laughs> Or yeah. vlogmas. <laughs> <laughs> you did vlog 18, vlog 2018. Um, but it's, you look back at it and we, because I agree, I you have that sort of longing for that, like that, that push. But that was all self-served. There mm-hmm. was no outside force telling you, holding a gun to our head saying we needed to do this. And yet we long for that time when we were, were hoping, we're, we want that push. And when you look at it with a microscope, not even a microscope, when you just take a long, hard look at it, you realize that was self-served. Like that was all internal. That was an internal push from yeah. Felix. That was an internal push from a deal. Like we did that to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and then Genki did that to himself for a whole year. No one was telling him and forcing him to, to <laughs> vlog daily. He yeah. did it. Because I mean, he probably did it for different reasons than than you and I did a deal, because he's yeah. he's a he's a robot from the future <laughs> sent to protect us from ourselves. Um, <laughs> but uh, I know I did it because of the fear of of having again having told people I was going to do it, and then one yep. person says, "Hey, where where is it?" <laughs> I don't even know. It's just like imaginary hypothetical person that I've invented. That is is mocking me, saying, "Oh, you said you were gonna do it," and I don't know. It's just a, such a strange concept, but we need it. Yeah, I have that yeah. internal voice as well for so many things. <laughs> I don't know what that. I don't know if that's healthy or uh, who knows. Is that our muse? Yeah, I'm gonna go with yes. It is healthy, and we should all have a voice <laughs> that keeps ourselves accountable. Otherwise, the flip side is right. You, you just kind of pathologically lying about stuff because you're over promising and super under delivering. But see, it's actually, I want to touch on something that Adil had said briefly, how he, he said he hasn't, he hasn't made anything in a while outside of his work life because he's actually enjoying the right. things that he's doing for work. He's finding fulfillment in the things that he's doing for work. And so often, yep the stuff that we're doing on the side, we pursue it. Do we pursue it because we're not enjoying that primary 
thing? Are we do we see another carrot that looks bigger and fatter and shinier? Like what mm-hmm. what is that? I definitely yeah, think I, that I you know, <laughs> I, like for me, I'm happy in my day job. I love my job. So when I'm not working on things outside of it, like side projects, they just don't take priority at that time. And I'm still, you know, overall happy. I'm not looking for the bigger care. I don't know how What's it is like? for you. <laughs> <laughs> What's this word you're saying? Happy? Is that two peas? <laughs> um, I mean, Genki is, you know, it does mean happy, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You're an anomaly. You're not allowed to contribute. (laughs) Uh, Over to you, Adil. (laughs) No, but Um, real quick before you answer, Adil, like, it's just just funny to me that that you say, I'm finding so much joy, I'm paraphrasing, so much joy in this work that I'm doing now, but yet you feel guilty for not doing the stuff on the side, which... Help me understand that a little bit. Because I enjoy it too. And, but then it comes to like, okay, my day job is providing, you know, food on the table and shelter over my family. And the thing is, so that's why it kind of comes higher priority. But then when you're enjoying doing the higher priority stuff, even though, priority level two and three, you still love them, but because of time restrictions, you know, you just, sometimes you don't get to, to get to them. I mean, there's, but also with that comes planning, right? So I, it's not like I'm trying to, you know, um, get out of it by saying, oh, I don't have enough time because I know if I make time, you know, I'll get to it, which is why recently I switched to the schedule that I was just telling you about uh, because I, after a while of, you know, going to work, coming home, spending time with my family. And then after that, I start working on, you know, uh, YouTube or, or music or whatever it is. Like I start, I, I find myself that by that by the time I get to that point, I'm like super tired and I just don't have the energy to put into that. And that's why I figured, you know, if I go to my day job, spend time with my family and then after that, I just go straight to bed to have enough hours of sleep to wake up, you know, at four in the morning. And then that's is my prime time for creativity, because to me, I also feel like at night my brain is dead from all the stuff that I've been doing throughout the day. But if I start my day with, you know, with my creative passions, that's going to be more effective and it also has given me time to work on it before I start my day. It's almost like getting a head start on, on your day. Hmm. I, so but it, then again, it I mean, sounds like, like, and to Felix's point, that you feel guilty about not working on these side projects. Is that just because you have so much passion and you want to work on them every day? Or because, you know, having a YouTube yeah. channel makes you feel like you have to put out a video? Honestly, like even lately, I've been questioning the whole YouTube thing because I felt for a while it was like driving my life. <laughs> and and now I'm like, you know what? Like, it's not all about YouTube. It's all about, you know, like trying to remind myself of why I start creating is because I enjoy that process and because I enjoy what I make. And like lately, I've been just, you know, playing music and recording songs here and there, but not sharing it everywhere because I'm just enjoying it. And then I like doing it on my own time. And it's, 
it's like taking that pressure, you know, of, of sharing and just enjoy it while I'm doing it. But then at the same time, I feel like if I don't post it or publish it, then I'm not achieving anything. (laughs) Did it really happen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, I get, I get myself into this like infinite loop of like, I'm happy I'm enjoying this, but then like, you know, if I don't post it, is it, am I really accomplishing something? And then like, is this taking me anywhere? But then wait, I am happy with this and I'm enjoying it, but then should I <laughs> publish it? So it's just like, that's the toxic I guess, like, nature little... of, you know, posting things on social media and feeling like you have to. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So honestly, I'll, I'll touch on that just, just a hair. I think the, that feeling that you're feeling, yes, you, you are finding fulfillment in, your day job and the stuff that you get to do as a way to provide for your family, which a is amazing. Uh, not everyone gets that. So, you know, take, take that step back occasionally and realize like, yep, I've made it. (laughs) This is what most (laughs) people are aspiring to do, which is why most people are, uh, staying up till 4am writing music or recording podcasts or shooting videos for YouTube. Um, but I think honestly, like, (laughs) <laughs> I, I, we do it because we, we have to, <laughs> it's almost like, um, did you guys watch lost? Yeah. Gang I'm assuming Gang. no, probably not. <laughs> Just too busy making videos. <laughs> so, okay. There was a character in lost named Desmond. When you first met him, his role mm-hmm. on the Island, um, I would say spoilers alert, spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen it by now, it's your own fault. Um, yeah. Desmond's role when you first met him, his job push was to push the button. <laughs> he had to push the button. And anytime the alarm went off, he had to push the button. And he didn't know why, but he had to push the button. And there was one time when he didn't push the button and everything went crazy. And I, I think what happens is between the, the those gaps when we're not making stuff, whether it's for ourselves or for someone else, I think primarily for ourselves. When it's not for ourselves, the the that thing fills up faster. Whatever that thing is, the the space between the time when we need to push the button, it fills up faster. And I think that's that's what we're experiencing. And so while Adil is is happy with the job that he's doing, that's extending that time a little bit between the times that he needs to push the button but because mm-hmm. he's not creating for her for himself it's still he still has to push the button and it's such a weird it's such a weird thing that that every artist has to deal with and uh, I I don't I, I'm gonna go back to what I said before I love it and I hate it like you can't you can't not be without that um I, if someone out there knows how to deal with that, please <laughs> let me know. Because <laughs> I'm I've been pushing the button my whole life. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you feel um, any of that, Genki? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's probably. <laughs> He's like, I'm a robot. I have no feelings. <laughs> no, no, I, I do, and I think that's exactly why I have like ten side projects going on at all times. Um, just because you know i feel like i have to make stuff anytime i get an idea in my head that's somewhat tangible or it could manifest itself in an artistic form or a creative form 
I have to take that idea and actually do it. And whether that gets to 5% done or 90% done or 100% done, you know, I have to give it that try and, and kind of feel it out. And if I don't, then, yeah, I get that feeling of, like, build up. Got to push the button, man. Got to push the yep. button. It's not from rush hour. <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. This uh, this whole series thing that I'm creating has been this weird experiment in answering the question, what would I make, what would I be okay with making every single day, or no, sorry, every single week, if no one watched it? And that's a really right. hard question to answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I remember when you told yeah. me that it it hit me. I was like, damn, yeah, like it's you get so much like sometimes just caught up in the analytics and like trying to follow the trends and you know, and like create something that's you know, hoping that it will trend and like um go viral that we forget sometimes we just need to create things that for us, like something that I would watch something that I would look up on YouTube to watch and enjoy instead of just trying to follow the trends and stuff like that. Like, you know, what does Sarah did you say? One for me, one for them type of thing. One I think that's a solid advice. Yeah. She said, push the button. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> one's for me, one's for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one button push for me. One button push for them. Um, so do you have do you have a like a a set amount of episodes for the series like is it going to be for the whole year of 2019 or is it going to be 50, 52 episodes <laughs> I uh I initially had a whole plan laid out for the four quarters of the year and I'm nice. quickly realizing that that's not that's not going <laughs> to going to be the case It's totally possible <laughs> You can do it. I mean, anything's possible if it happens, Genki. Uh, but um, <laughs> you can make it happen. With <laughs> there's a lot of stuff kind of pending for this year that's going to really change. I mean, just my day to day life potentially change my day to day life. I'm being very cryptic right now because I don't really know <laughs> if those things are actually going to happen. Uh, but Ooh. if said mysterious things do happen. Um, I mean, I'm already doing everything I can to stay afloat with my full-time job, with my family, and then with this button-pushing series that I'm doing now. Uh, I have no idea how I'm going to fit anything else inside of that. So, yeah, I, I initially had plans to do the series for the whole year with add-ons each quarter, uh, but there's a reason I didn't announce that, <laughs> because I have I have no idea if that's going to happen or be sustainable well no one would blame you if you didn't do the whole year and you know maybe it'd be even better to take all those four quarters and spread them out over four years then you have content yeah you can basically do a couple like seasons of it do the whole netflix thing where each season (laughs) is like eight episodes (laughs) i'll do the bbc thing where each each season is three episodes Oh, there you go. Even I'm off. I've already got uh, two seasons down. I'm good to go. Yeah, there. (laughs) Um, I do want to jump back really quick. You touched on the idea of pre-production, and I think for a lot of people who see the production value of this series process, and they see all the research that goes into it. You know, I think there was a scene in the first episode where you showed all the books that you're currently reading. 
I'd love to know, and I'm sure people are interested in knowing like how much research goes into each one of these episodes and I'm sure it differs for each one. Yeah. So my, the Google, I, I keep a Google doc for every episode and, um, last week or a couple weeks ago, I had someone ask me if it was okay if he transcribed the entire episode and turned it into a medium article to which I said, that's fine. And I told them I would gladly send him the Google doc so he wouldn't have to sit and listen to my voice for nine minutes, <laughs> which he did anyway. So, you know, thanks for the the watch time. But um, <clears throat> my Google Docs usually span about eight or nine pages, uh, which is a little ridiculous. I, I generally start um, with a header on my Google Doc, and I call it whatever episode number and then whatever episode title that I have kind of bouncing around in my head followed by the word, the two words, brain and dump. So what I do is I will start just jotting down every and any idea that comes to my head, and that usually takes anywhere between five minutes and an hour, depending on how excited I am about writing at that given moment. And uh, so once I have, like I'll take um, Grit, for example. Grit was a good example because that one was one that I was really, really excited about. So I knew that I wanted to write an episode about grit and perseverance, and I already had an idea of who it was I wanted to center it around, which, if you haven't watched it, it was a, a lady named Angela Duckworth who was a, is a scientist who's, who has devoted pretty much most of her time and research to grit. So when I know that I have someone who's pretty much done all my work for me. <laughs> uh, I can I can read everything that they've done, which takes about a day or two, um, because then I have to figure out how to convert that into my own words so I'm not just plagiarizing the work that they've done. Um, so after the brain dump comes consuming everything that I can find written on the topic uh, and then then rehashing it into my own words. And then once it's rehashed into my own words, I start to form a very loose script uh, on what it is I'm going to say for the the meat of the content and then what the opener is going to be, what the through line is going to be. And then once I have the script kind of written, I start to go through and storyboard, well, what's the visual I want to create? And then where are things that I can interject into the commentary to keep people from getting bored because I know that if I sat and watched myself just talk for eight and a half minutes, I'd be done within 20 seconds. So I try and think <clears throat> what are visuals that I can interject into the video that keep people from clicking away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically trying to entertain myself for five, eight, nine, 12 minutes, however long the videos end up being. And I know that it, after 10, 15 seconds of just watching someone talk without a camera angle change or a cut to an animation or something, I'm going to get bored and stop watching. So That's then, a pro tip right there. <laughs> uh, and then once I have the storyboards done, um, <clears throat> then from there it's just kind of mindless cutting and creating the, the slides and the animations. All the hard work's done at that point. From there, it's just grunt work. I mean, I could probably pass it to a 
uh, an intern if I had one at that point and, and tell him or her to say, and just say, find, you know, stock free images of Benjamin Franklin and cut them out and send me the, <laughs> send me the Photoshop <laughs> file so I can put a quote on top of it or, uh, find B roll of Malcolm Gladwell so I can, I can, uh, in, interject it into this commentary, you know, whatever that is, that's, right. that's just where the grunt work comes in. I'm sure you'd have plenty of people applying to be your intern if you needed one. If you uh, if you guys want to be my intern, that'd be amazing because <laughs> a lot of this a lot Not of this me. stuff ta- it takes a while. No, I'm, I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> but I think I think if Not I had me. to put a number on it, I don't know that I've ever thought. I don't know. Do I want to go down this rabbit? Yeah, let's do it. So let's see. Uh, writing generally takes about. I'm probably four, anywhere between four and eight hours collectively. And then uh, planning the storyboards takes another two or three. Really and quick, then, can we uh, jump into knowing you, that you're an artist, like drawing, painting artist. Are your storyboards like sketches? I'm assuming they are. Always, always. Because cool. if I write it down, uh, what I have in my head when I write it down at that point is going to be different than what I have in my head when I reread it and retranslate it an hour or two later. Right. I could write. Felix sits down um, and or Felix falls down as he reaches for a box of grit, <laughs> and and, <laughs> and then I could look at that later and think, was that a was that a wide shot? Was it from behind? Was it from the point of view of the box? Was it? Was it two cuts? You know, so to storyboard it, I know exactly where the camera's at. I know exactly the the point of action. I know it's in focus. I know where everything lands on the third. And then I can look at it and say, okay, I can continue to listen to my music while I cut this together because I know exactly, I already know what it looks like in my head or on paper. (laughs) So I'm going to plug your Patreon really quick. What Patreon tier do you post these storyboards? Because I'm sure people would love to see them. (laughs) <laughs> I have yet to post the storyboards yet, um, but they will be on the $5 tier. Awesome. I guess I'm posting them next month. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Felix. So now I'm, now I'm just kind of curious since mm-hmm. you're you know huge into all art and everything. So first I want to ask you, what's your favorite movie <laughs> and why? Oh, my gosh. My favorite movie of all time is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Michael Caine and uh, Steve Martin. The the level, the different levels of that movie, both on a comedic, uh, <laughs> basically on a comedic level, there's, there's nothing like it. And old Steve Martin movies are unmatched, in my opinion. And um, Really? Yeah, that, I watch that movie every year on my birthday. I actually did a, a random vlog a year or two ago uh, where I I said now I'm now I'm gonna watch this movie, but it's it's <laughs> it's one of my all time favorite movies, and it it's the the arc of the movie is brilliant. The twist at the end of the movie is brilliant. Um, I mean, and who doesn't love Michael Caine and Steve Martin? They're just like I love all old Steve Martin movies, but that one is the antithesis. Like that's the the pinnacle <laughs> in my in my nice. eyes. Um, but nice. it's to the be writing. Honest, I've never, I've never seen it, so now I have something to watch. Now you have something in common with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fantastic. I've, I think I've purchased and given away more copies of that movie because I love it so much. Awesome. 
Nice. All right. What about books? Out of all the books you read, what is one book that you love and you would recommend to a friend who's <laughs> also in this realm of creating stuff? <laughs> so what's what's interesting about my tastes is they have nothing to do with the stuff that I make. <laughs> Um, my favorite author is an author named Jonathan Safran Foer. He wrote a book called Everything is Illuminated and then a a follow-up book called uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. And um, he has a way of writing internal dialogue and narrative like no one I've ever seen. And both of those books have been made into movies. The first movie uh, starred Elijah Wood and the second movie co-starred Tom Hanks. So they're huge movies. Uh, And the movies, in my opinion, I mean, like most movies based on books fell flat because you lose the internal narrative of the character that you can implement in books so heavily. And um, it's part of the reason I love books so much because there's no other medium that can capture what's happening like a book which is why it takes forever to read them because you're jam packing uh, so much story into chapter upon chapter, but it's setting, it's, it's setting such a, um, uh, a table of, of just different things that you can't get from a movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love movies and shows, but the experience of a book that you love, like all you want to do is tell people to read that book. <laughs> Um, so yeah, anything Jonathan Saffron, Saffron Foer does, uh, everything is illuminated. It's probably one of my favorites. I'll definitely say that I think that does relate a lot to what you do, especially when you're talking about storytelling and narrative and all of that. And, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you're taking in all the information and the ways that he's telling stories through the books, you know, that's mm-hmm. that type, all that stuff just feeds into your style of doing videos or art or whatever. I guess just trying to interject that narrative somehow, <laughs> which is why there's so much voiceover in my work. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, very cool. By the way, so when you go and make your videos, um, do you film first and then find the music for your videos or other way around? I'm assuming you film first, right? Yeah, I there's only been a couple times where I've really based uh, the the whole film on a on a particular track. Um, I will always in my Google Docs in parentheses I'll write down a tone, so I know that there's there's always a tone that I'm searching for, um, yeah. which is never the same dis- description word <laughs> uh, on the music service that I use. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the plight of, of pretty much every filmmaker ever. Like they have a, there's always a flavor they have in their head. They say, yeah, this just needs to be a little more, a little more spicy. And then their production right. manager's like, I don't know what that means. You know, just like, like a volcano, but like, you know, like rolling magma. If you could just find me a track like that, just like rolling magma, but like asphalt that's cold. <laughs> Like what? What are you talking about? <laughs> but you guys know exactly what I'm talking about when you when you make something and you shoot something and you look at it and you say, "Oh my goodness!" You get light blue snow. <laughs> like that's the music. Yeah. <laughs> what? Makes total sense. Lukewarm mac uh, and cheese. 
Clear as mud. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I always shoot and then write the tone that I want and then spend hours finding it later. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I do not miss that. <laughs> it's part of the process. Um, it is. It is. Honestly, like my my goal for this year was that I'm just gonna like make the music for all my videos and not use epidemic sounds. Ooh, that's I mean that's both amazing in that you can find that that lukewarm mac and cheese right away and uh (laughs) and time consuming like i can't imagine just sitting there and you're already second guessing the video and the 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 narrative and the storyboards and the layout now you have to second guess the second guess the mood (laughs) like i don't know more power to you (laughs) maybe that's why i haven't put out any videos You're just uh, you're just stacking the odds against you. I know, man. I know. I do it to myself. No, we need more ideal content. <laughs> Working on it. Working on it. Coming soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Genki, you want to close it up? Well, Felix, I mentioned your Patreon already, but where else can people find you? Uh, you can find me on all the socials at uh, Felix Schlater, F-E-L-I-X-S-C-H-L-A-T-E-R. It's the most difficult name ever with all the <laughs> X's and the S's and the all that stuff. We don't make it easy uh, Not for a day goes by where people, uh, where people don't misspell my name. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Felix Schlater on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter. Um, and I think I have a fan page on facebook that i set up forever ago that i don't check so follow me there too (laughs) well we'll put links in the show notes to all the ones that you're active on all right well felix it was it was great to have you on the podcast uh appreciate you being here and sharing your process with us um your process definitely looking uh, to see (laughs) yeah it's processing definitely looking forward for more episodes of your process show (laughs) it's great to be here Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast enjoyable or valuable, please share it with a friend and or leave a rating in iTunes. It's the best way to support this podcast and help other people like yourself find it. You can follow along or ask us questions on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Process Mindset. Until next time, focus on the process. Process.